Hey everybody, welcome to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This is Talking Stuff. This episode, my cohorts and I will be talking about Quinn Ewers, of course. We'll be talking about Ohio State's ventures at tight end, the decommitment of Jaheim Singletary, and we'll take some of your questions. So that's what me and the guys will be talking stuff about today. Let's get to the show. Okay, hello, Spencer Holbrook and Zach Carpenter. Oh, hey, guys. Zach is making his first appearance on Talking Stuff. He will be a regular on the show in the future. Um, most of the time, it'll be me and Zach, and then Spencer will chime in every once in a while as we transition Zach into his role. Um, Berm is kicking me off the island. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not that we're moving on from you. It's that we're moving on from you. Um, <laughs> to bigger and better places. Got, got the, got the I don't bigger. think it bigger is the right word. Well, all right, better. <laughs> we'll, we'll go better. We'll, we'll, we're getting there, though. Well, Shorter and better places. So... <laughs> Talk. You're like five eight. You can't even give me. You can't even give me crap That's for true. that. I mean, you guys. If you guys like did the whole like back to back thing. I'm five seven with shoes on. If you count to the very tip of my the tip hair. of the hair, the hair, which I just got cut because I wanted to look good for you. Speaking guys. Speaking of my, hair, my hair, what about Quinn oh, Ewers that. and his majestic Man, mullet? I'm actually, now having some regrets about moving on from you, Spencer, with segues like that. Speaking that of hair, Quinn but Ewers, would you do the like, segue like that? Then it ruins the segue. Yeah, you, you can't. You that's can't true. You can't say it's a perfect segue. That's true. But I don't want to talk about Quinn Ewers yet. I know people are, are already watching this going, what the hell is going on? But uh, I wanted to give an opportunity for people to get to know Zach a little bit. If you don't, Zach comes to Letterman Row. He worked at 11 Warriors for a while. Um, he actually started with our site in May. On May 1st, right? May 3rd. May, May 3rd. 3rd was the official. Uh, and, and has been working behind the scenes, getting some big feature stories ready. And that's really going to be your role in the future. Um, not necessarily the day-to-day minutia of recruiting but the bigger the bigger stories the feature stories about uh, the kids once they've committed and getting to know them so people get a little more insight so what has been zach for you uh in these last few months the favorite thing you've been working on uh there is one that uh there's a few of them that have been uh coming out but or that are going to be coming out over the next uh, couple weeks but um one of my like more yeah, I guess favorite one would be the story I did on Mike Hall. It's right. coming Wednesday, um, and it was perfectly timed because I went up and talked to him in uh, in June, and then shortly after that, like two, three days after uh, talking to him, was when the NIL stuff came out. Like that, yeah. college students or college uh, athletes are going to be able to start making money off their name, image, and likeness. And it's Mike has such an intriguing situation because he's up in this small town, Streetsboro, where he's like. Uh, his mom called him the LeBron James of Streetsboro, which was like perfect. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. We uh, then we started talking about just NIL deals that he can do, and I mean, when when the NIL stuff came out, like when that started becoming official, I think everyone just thinks like the Quinn Ewer stuff or the Bryce Young stuff, like the million dollar uh, million dollar endorsement deals and uh, TV commercials that they're going to be able to uh, they're going to be able to star in now, but. With him, he comes from that small town. He's able to corner that market. And I, yeah, it's a small market, but yeah. for kids like him who come from smaller places like that, it's really interesting that they can now, he can be the spokesman for this meat shop that we went to that uh, it's called Buckeye Quality Meats. And he's like, he's not a sponsor. No, not, well, not a sponsor, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> maybe. Shout out. Um, and he's able to, like, he's going to be able to be like the official. Uh, Buckeyes, whatever the official yeah. stake of, like they're going to make a sandwich, they're going to make a burger yeah. after him. Yeah, or exactly, something, right? something like guy. that. Big meat guy. Yeah, he'll be the meat guy. Big Mike Hall, big meat guy. 
Um, you know, I think it's just interesting. Obviously, we're embarking on a whole new world um, of college football. We're embarking on a whole new world at Letterman Row as we're now officially a part of the On3 Sports Network, which was announced on Friday. That's not going to change a lot of what we do, and I know people have questions about that. And, you know, we're, to be honest, we're still learning what it means for us uh, in a lot of ways. So um, bear with us as we transition into that, you know, network and the website will look a little bit different in the, in the coming days, and there will be a message board and an opportunity to really be more engaged with myself and Zach and Spencer um, as we, you know, head into that. But I'm I'm a little upset we don't have the message board like today because obviously the Quinn Ewers news that Spencer and I talked about last week is now official. Quinn will be heading to Ohio State. The Buckeyes 2022 recruiting class drops to like number four in the country after uh, that news combined with the loss of Jaheim Singletary, which of course we'll talk about on the show. But luckily, luckily they're still they're still not number one in the 21 class. Yeah. They're still trailing Alabama. I, I'm thankfully. telling you, there's certainly uh, some people down the road here at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center as we are talking stuff uh, presented by Byers Auto. Like they're sitting there going, oh, okay, well look, look, let's look for the silver lining. You know, they're like, okay, well, does this happen? Like, like when they find out that Quinn's coming, like I, I had received a question from uh, a staff member at Ohio State who asked, like that was the first question was, if Quinn comes, do we beat Alabama? And the answer sadly is no. Point oh oh one point behind. Sadly, so the just... answer is still no. Alabama still wins the twenty one recruiting championship. But for you guys and myself, now this becomes about what the hell does Ohio State do at quarterback well, in twenty twenty? Can we just very quickly? I don't want to take too much time on this. I just want to marvel at Alabama's class. For Ohio State to put two five-star quarterbacks in it, a five-star running back, a five-star offensive lineman, two five-star defensive ends, and finish second is just absurd. Well, so how many, it's, they have, what, five more players? Five more players. Obviously, yeah. that, that makes a huge difference. And if you know one thing breaks this way or one thing breaks another, you know, it, J.C. Latham, Gets right. to visit in in last April and comes to Ohio State. He's going. He's in the class, and Ohio State wins the crown. It's just crazy the way that they put that class together, and it's crazy the two the two classes both of them have. Like if you don't see them in national championship games in the next three years, yeah, I think they're the something's two, like gone they're wrong. the two of the the two best two of the three top three ranked classes in history. I think is if, if I'm thinking about it correctly. I know that Florida back in 2009 or 10 had like a 320 like murderers row. Yeah. yeah, I mean it, it's certainly. Um, indicative of why these are the best programs in the country and why these schools have the opportunity to pretty much at any point in the recruiting process pick up the phone and say hello johnny uh do you want to come to my school because we're way better than everyone else and 99 percent of the kids in the country are gonna go i sure do thank you for the opportunity sir yeah. um you know, it but comes back to all other programs for recruiting alabama or ohio state are choosing yeah, essentially and and what you find here though now ohio state has to choose a new quarterback in the class of 2022 because I really don't think that they can skip it, knowing what we know about today's college football and the opportunity for kids to move on. Um, it it's, it's almost goes without saying that at least one, maybe two of the current quarterbacks on the roster are going to transfer after the season. Like That is a, a real predicament for Ryan Day because the way you had this spaced out, the way you had this planned, changes considerably. And so... I think the first question everyone's going to have is, do the Buckeyes try to go after Drew Aller and, and steal him back from Penn State? Um, I don't think that's possible. Long story short, I think they absolutely try. I don't believe that it will be successful. I think that at this point, Aller is pretty invested into that Penn State class, and he, he's helped build it. Like, And now they're the number one ranked class in the country with 24 commitments. Ohio State has 14, so it's not like there's a apples-to-apples apples comparison. But 
I mean, that that's hard, man. And that, it, that's a year worth of a relationship that he's committed into that program. And at this time last year, you could have said, okay, Drew Al- Alar, Aller is a real shot to get into the Ohio State class and become a developmental quarterback. He's proved time and time again. He is not an in-state Ohio quarterback that's a three-star guy who's going to come in, stay for four years, and work hard. He is a superstar on the recruiting circuit. He was incredible at the Elite 11. I think you guys can both talk about that. He looked really great uh, from everything I saw from 2,000 miles away. He's continued to rise up the recruiting rankings, and he's not just another one of these quarterbacks that Ohio State could pluck from in-state and develop for a four-year project. He's the kind of guy that's going to step in at Penn State and and compete for a job right away because there's not a lot of quarterback stability there. So he's not the kind of player that Ohio State can any longer just call. They have to find somebody now that's not him because I don't think it's possible for them to get him. But they're going to try, and he's from Ohio. And you guys have touched on this before, and you just touched on it a second ago. I mean, quarterback is one of the first, obviously one of the first two or three uh, commits in the class. He's been in that class, invested with them for so long, built up those relationships. They're the number one uh, class in the country. So I, I don't think that Drew Aller would be, I don't think he's a good candidate to to leave what he's built there and um, and the future that he's he's helped Penn State create. Yeah, I think that they're still going to try. So let me just start there. I think that Ohio State would be silly not to at least make that phone call uh, because, as I talked about on Letterman Live, like I think the top thirty commitments, uh, top thirty quarterbacks in the country are all committed. Like yeah. that becomes a, a real uphill battle to find one that fits what you're looking for at Ohio State, but not just to find one that fits what you're looking for from a a player perspective or a personality perspective, but also to find a kid that looks at the Ohio State quarterback room and goes, yeah, okay, I'll I'll go sit behind that. Because you know whether or not it's C.J. Stroud or or Kyle McCord or Quinn Ewers or Jack Miller, like you are going to have a two-year wait to play. So that 22 quarterback is going to have to sit and, and wait for a bit. So... You know, it's going to take I mean, a very special person to, to want that. So I think the likelihood is that they don't. I think that I would defer to the transfer portal for a one year rental after this season and then go hardcore now at, at someone in 23, where that was a class where Ohio State initially, I think, was willing to take a sort of deferment and just kind of see what happens. But now you got to go out and find a, a really damn good one in 23. And I remember we were talking about that when we yeah. went to some of these showcases of Cameron Swiger, seems like. Like just a guy like that, right. that's just one name, but that was like the perfect candidate to be Ohio State's quarterback in 23, and now the, the plan just completely right. shifts. Dynamic, and now, dynamic, the dynamic completely changes. And everybody's going to talk about Arch Manning. I right. mean, that's going to be the focus from now on. And it was kind of nice for us because with Quinn in 22, you didn't really have to worry about Ohio State having a chance at Arch Manning in 23. Personally, I think Arch Manning is destined to play in the SEC, but... Ohio State's going to, I would imagine, you can attest this. Certainly, you reach out. You're going to take a swing. You certainly now take a a swing where you maybe weren't before. But I think this is just the timing of this decision by Ewers. Again, and I'm totally on board with Quinn and his family doing whatever they think that they need to do. But Ohio State just completed six months or six weeks of recruiting and we're, we're doing it in a very, I don't want to say lackadaisical way at quarterback for 23, but certainly not as purposeful a way. It was not, it was a, it was a, f- you know, fact finding mission. It wasn't a, okay, this is our guy. We got to go get him. And so now maybe you look at Nico Ayamaleva out there in California. As, I, I mean, I think like personally, I think he's my favorite in that class. But then you have Dante Moore in, in Detroit, who has Cleveland roots, and maybe you can, you know, really kind of bridge that gap a little bit. The Buckeyes weren't recruiting any of these kids super aggressively, but now, now you have to. And then you see 
North Carolina just landed its quarterback for the class of 2023. Right. Tad, Tad Hudson, Tad Hudson. another one that Ohio State had on campus, and, and he camped at Ohio State, teammate of Evan Pryor's. And it, some of these guys, the dominoes at quarterback recruiting fall earlier than any. And so you've really got to make a push now because they were a little lax day school when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks in the summer. Well, they had time, and, and so now you don't. And you don't have any time, and these guys, as they start to get through their junior seasons, are going to start to want to commit. And Ohio State's not been in a lot of those conversations because they had the can't-miss home-run prospect in 22. Guess what? Now he's in 21. And so you got if you wanted to go every other year, now 23 is up. And those guys are going to start wanting to make decisions. Ohio State's got a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it an issue, but I would call it a, uh, it's a, it's a pressing maybe concern for Ohio State right now in the 23 class. And uh, real quick, be, uh, before we get off of him, I, you just mentioned Dante Moore right there, and like, I've, I've loved that. Yeah. I've loved him as a quarterback prospect since uh, since really getting to know Freshman him. Getting, year, yeah. yeah. And I, he he's basically in the backyard, even though you said the Cleveland roots, and I know Braxton Miller was like a massive reason that he even yeah. – um, that, that's uh, that was his favorite player in college, and that's the reason that Ohio State's such a, such a uh, top school for him. But he also has the Michigan and Notre Dame ties that are really strong there. So I, I just wanted to mention him, though, as as one who j- he seems he seems like a perfect candidate for that twenty three class. He, he, yeah, and now things get murky, and and you almost wonder Jaden Davis, who I'm I love. I mean, I've made no no uh, you know bones about it. I think he's one of the better quarterback prospects I've ever seen camp at Ohio State. He was very good, and he's a kid who two years ago reclassified and pushed himself back a year. So he went back to being a 24 and now you wonder like maybe Ryan day gets on the phone. Like, hey, buddy, you, uh, you thinking about <laughs> moving that back up or, you know, I mean, there's just going to be so many crazy things that happen um, at that position because the dominoes really haven't even been set up yet. So we don't even know how they're going to fall because you don't know who the starters are going to be. You don't know who the backup's going to be. You don't know any of this stuff. And uh, for Ohio state, I, and it's the greatest problem in the world to have, but, it's also still a problem to have, and and it's it's one of these things where you just look at it from an outside perspective and go, okay, well, good luck managing those. Good luck just managing that situation, and it's not a bad problem. Obviously, you don't you'd rather have way too many good players than, than not good enough players, but still gets interesting. Yeah, I agree. And if you know, if if some of these guys, not all four of them are going to be on the roster. I mean, we were trying to give these all three of these guys the benefit of the doubt and kind of beat around that bush for a long time. I think it's safe to say now we, there's no more pushing it off. All four of those guys will not be on the roster for very long. For next together. spring, yeah. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So, Any other thoughts on the QB? I do, I do love that. You have to you have to preface it by saying it's a good problem to have because I think every yeah. single program well, in the country, want, if, yeah, if I, someone complains about, if, if Ohio State fan complains about the quarterback situation and managing these guys, it's like, all right. Well, yeah, but yeah. come on. But we're, I mean, you know, we're on a podcast, and I think that in doing so, there's this uh, tendency for hyperbole a little bit, and we want to be like, "This is a never. terrible problem," but it's not a terrible problem. It's obvious, but that doesn't mean it's not a potential problem. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a landmine riddled field. Absolutely, Clemson's backup quarterback right now is a walk on because their backup on scholarship tore his Achilles. Alabama's backup quarterback is it right Achilles? now. Or Achilles. 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 I don't know. I'm not Greek. San Diegans. <laughs> San Diego uns. <laughs> uh, but if you look at Alabama's quarterback situation right now, if you 
it's it'd be difficult for you to name the backup for Bryce Young. The game has changed a lot. I mean, this oh, is it, it is a it is a it is a major change from the way it was even five years ago, where you could expect to have three or four quarterbacks on your roster. I, at this point, programs like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, et cetera, they're recruiting to have two guys because they know people are going to leave. So, um, you know, there's a lot. Hey. To figure out, and I, I do Ryan wonder. Day. I do wonder if Ryan Day's philosophy on he's always won four scholarship yeah. quarterbacks. Yep. I, I wonder if that's that philosophy might have to change here with the way with the way the transfer portal and the be, climate we're in. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, he he said, wanted four scholarship quarterbacks. He, he's he got said, four scholarship quarterbacks. He said at Big Ten Media Days that he's afraid that you're going to wake up in five years and not recognize the game of college football. But like he could probably be more afraid that he's going to wake up next week and not know who the hell his quarterbacks are <laughs> like, <laughs> because everyone's just. Whoop, 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 whoop. In and out. So, speaking of in and out, we'll be right back uh, after this message from a sponsor. We are back talking stuff brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Spencer Holbrook, Zach Carpenter making his debut on the show. Debut? Debut. Debut. Achilles. Uh, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. We're talking stuff about Ohio State football recruiting. And, uh, you know, it's been actually a really weird week for the Buckeyes. They lost two commitments in the last week. Um, losing Benji Gosnell, and then you lose Jaheim Singletary, and now uh, Quinn Ewers reclassifies. And I, I think that the big thing that for people here is going to be Jaheim Singletary when you start to look at the 22 class. We can the Quinn Ewers recruitment is dead. We can put it to bed. We never have to talk about Quinn Ewers recruitment ever again. Yeah, I was going to say, no decommitment, no flips. It's yeah. happening. And, hey, it's no, happening. no Texas message board ba- banter anymore. Yeah. Oh, darn it. Uh, well, but, you well, know, as far as we know, maybe. I never know. Who knows? Uh, but he- here's the deal. Jaheim Singletary decommitted on Sunday from Ohio State. Uh, you know, Spencer, when he committed to the Buckeyes, we were in New Orleans for the, uh, for the Sugar Bowl against Clemson. And we were talking about then, like, it was so out of the blue. And you just kind of knew that this was not going to be the end of that story. Like there was going to be some some travels uh, made, and and that was really under the radar over these last couple of weeks. But Jaheim talked about the fact that he had visited Miami a couple of times. He went to Georgia, um, and I don't want to dive too far down this rabbit hole because I I don't it's not worth it. But so many times I talk about uh, fit and whether or not a player is a personality fit for Ohio State. And it's not always about talent. Jaheim Singletary is, in my opinion, the best cornerback in the country. I think that he is the ideal cornerback prospect. If you build one in a lab, it would look like Jaheim Singletary. But he talked to Chad Simmons from On3 Sports about his decision. And Spencer, read read, read what that says. Because I think it actually shows a lot of maturity for a kid that I, I think has handled the last six weeks immaturely. And if that makes yeah. sense it, but i don't want to i'm not i don't want to bad mouth him for it because i get everyone's different everyone handles their, their stuff differently but i think that the the reasoning that he gave for the decommitment is as honest as you can possibly get and i'm glad that he was able to recognize it because if you i'll, I'll stop talking read it please uh it says singletary had never been to ohio so the visit was going to tell him a lot about his feelings toward ohio state the quote from Jaheim Singletary is, I love the coaches at Ohio State, and it is a great school with great players, but the feeling there was just different. That's, that is that is why visits are so important. The vibe at Ohio State just didn't match me. I had that feeling in my gut before I left for the trip. I'm not sure what it was, but I just didn't have the feeling I needed to have on that visit. Before I left Columbus, that I knew I was going to reopen my recruitment. And for a kid who doesn't talk to the media a lot, it's a very mature, well thought out, thought out uh, reasoning behind behind a decommitment. And 
I'm wondering, you guys have been talking about this. We've all been talking about this since he committed, like, it's not going to be over until yeah. he actually signs. So, I mean, is this one of, maybe it's not the most, the least surprising decommitment, but is it one of them that you've covered here? I would say so. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just, uh, the only other one, even in recent years, I was like, there's no way this is going to stick is Tumiche Adelaide, whatever, Tumiche Adelaide, Adelaide, I don't know. But like, I knew that was like a day away away from being over at any point. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that was just never going to stick. And with with Jaheim, like uh, what he's talking about there is the vibe in the building. Right. And it's not he's not saying it's a bad vibe in the building. It's just, it's not who he is And Miami, Georgia. These places have a, a slightly different uh, personality than Ohio state where uh, you are expected to behave like a professional all the time. And I don't know that that's something that uh, every kid wants. And I, it, it comes back to that type A personality right. that we always talk about. Yeah. And it's funny because every time, every uh, quote I've ever seen about, the visit to Ohio State was just different. It yeah. was in a positive way, and this this time you read that, it's like, okay, well, he just he had something that I guess was just off, and that, that's another reason why the dead period finally being over was. I think what beneficial. this what this tells me is you have to be different to play at Ohio State, and that's very on its face easy to understand. You have to be a five star caliber all world type of college football player to play at Ohio State. You also have to be a certain personality. Like you just said, the personality matches more with Georgia, Miami, um, right. Alabama than it does Ohio State, and that is fine. There are two different types of, of program, though. There's Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and the have-nots, and then there's Alabama, Georgia, Miami, Florida, probably Florida State yeah, now. I mean, it, it, they're just different. There's a, lot, there's a lot of places that, that it's going to give you a different vibe. Everywhere's different, and that's the whole thing is that the relationship that Jaheim Singletary had with Tony Alford was the reason that he was interested in Ohio State. Over the last handful of months, the relationship that he has with T. Rob down in Miami, uh, Travaris Robinson, I think so. Not sure. I, I I probably shouldn't research that before we talk about it. But I I only ever hear him. we don't ever do research. I, I, I only on. I only ever hear him referenced to as T. Rob, the the defensive backs coach at Miami, is from Jacksonville. Like they've had a, a bond for a long time, and the relationships are, are always going to matter. Kerry Combs fought tooth and nail for Ohio State to stay in that mix. You know. I, I said uh, uh, in the decommitment story on Sunday that the Buckeyes are going to keep swinging there, but I, I don't think that they need to. Uh, I don't think that there's really any value to do that. Um, right now, I think actually for Ohio State's purposes, the value is to maybe stick with three cornerbacks in this class. When the, uh, the plan has been to take four, but heading into camp now, you have an opportunity to see what the young cornerbacks, the legend Cavazos, the Ryan Watts, the, the new guys, Ja'Kalen Johnson, J- Jordan Hancock, et cetera, figure out what they can do. And then if you decide you need a fourth at some point in late October, November, then you go back out and look. But I, I don't think that the Buckeyes are going to chase another one. So Ohio State's always Ohio State always knows what it's doing with its roster way better than I do, way better than you do, and way better than you do. I know that's Kind of you crazy. don't know that. Kind of crazy of a concept. You have but no idea what Zach knows. To me, bring like, a lot to the table over here. To me, like I just never understood the need for four cornerbacks. You 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 recruited really well at defensive back in 2020. You recruited really well at defensive back in 2021. And you look at the roster. Jordan Hancock and Jaquelin Johnson are going to be stars. We think. Uh, Legend Cavazos has a chance to be really good. Ryan Watts is already going to be a potential breakout star this year. They're if you bring four more guys into that mix in the future, there's going to be a logjam at some point. And so to 
just take three cornerbacks. I think the Ohio State is set at corner. Now you go out and you get your two safeties that you need, and you're set at defensive back, and then you go and reevaluate what you need for the 23 class. But for this 2022 class, I just never saw the need for the fourth cornerback. It was great that it was a five-star in Jaheim Singletary, but yeah. if it was a, a borderline three, four-star guy that they really liked, I'm not sure if they would have even had four to start with. Yeah, there's two points here also that I think are worth discussing. Number one, maybe you were looking at a fourth cornerback all along because you kind of felt like one of these guys is going to decommit, right? Like it was sort of always assumed that it's going to be a challenge to hold on to all of them. I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, believe to be J.R. Brown decommitting um, because he talked about taking visits earlier, you know, in in the spring and summer, but he seems locked in with Ohio State. Jaheim Singletary was always one that just it was, you know. And then you have Terrence Brooks, who is a, a five star cornerback with with on three sports rankings, and and a you know a player who's actually ranked ahead of Jaheim Singletary in our in our network's ranking. So, um, but that one's going to be a challenge to hold on to as well. I mean, this is a kid who's only been to Ohio State one time. He got offered seven days later. He was on campus seven days later. He committed. So like. Now you got to make sure, real sure, that that one doesn't get away from you. Because, again, like everywhere, like the quarterback position, it's not like there's just a bevy of cornerbacks laying around. You can just go, oh, like that one, and that. like these kids are all committed. Which Ahim now decommitting though? Would don't you think it's a little easier for them? Would it be easier than in theory to hold on to Terrence Brooks because now you have you can sell them on the idea you're sure, that yeah, you're the guy. It's, it's like also you're one not, of the. It, I totally agree, but it's also easier now to go finish that conversation with AJ Harris in the class of 2023 where you have your top clear clear top target in that class is AJ Harris and one of the things that was sort of a snag and a snafu that they were trying to navigate snavigate snavigate sure one thing they were trying to snavigate was the fact that I'm writing that yeah, one down I'm, I'm putting that in the that in the notebook um, writing suggestions you know it, it was like hey well Ohio State has four corners in this class how many are they, gonna, they just took three last year how many more do they need well so now it makes it a little little easier to have that conversation I agree and you've got to you got to everything sets itself up really you got to have a pitch for the the guys in 2022 the pitch for Terrence Brooks becomes a little bit easier now I think the pitch for AJ Harris becomes a little bit easier now you are when you step on campus you are you know going to be the guy there's always dominoes and it, this is just another domino that falls. And the thing is about there, it is, is, is their pizza the it's worst a huge, pizza? I, think, I, I hate Papa John's more than Domino's. You are a Domino's, Papa John's guy. I'm not a Papa John's guy. Well, I want to be very clear. If you're picking out if the I worst. If I had to choose yeah. between Papa John's or Domino's, I'm picking Papa John's 100 times out of 100. Well, Domino's is based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, so... It tells you everything you need How to do you, know. Did right? you just make that up? No, is that really? It's a real thing. Okay, regardless <laughs> of where it's based... Okay, the problem is that their crust tastes like cardboard. If I wanted to eat cardboard, I would eat the box the pizza came in and not the pizza. And I think Papa John's tastes like, I mean, it tastes like a foot. It tastes terrible. <laughs> a foot. Wait a second. How many feet? Do you yeah. I'm not going to ask. No, I mean. I don't think this is. This true. is the. Go on. This you, is go Zach on. told me. So here, a little backstory. Zach told me at, earlier this morning we were show prepping. Zach said, I want to Wait, ask a show prep. He, was, he told me he was <laughs> nervous. Do we? He told me he was nervous. That's cool. But he told me that he wanted us to each answer a random question at the end of the episode. And I feel like it's yeah, the end just, of the episode. And then he just said something. Wait, How no, many feet I, have you tasted? Mm, uh, all right. Going back to college or my, my entire career? <laughs> well, I think we need to cut it out. Uh, so anyhow, <laughs> Papa John's is way better than that one. Okay. So, so regardless, Marco's is still the best national pizza chain uh, as far as like the big box pizza chains, you know, Marcos yeah. is by far the best. You know, so, I've still never had Marcos. I'm going to get us back on track because I think this is an interesting thing to talk about. We, we got a tweet about it. I can't remember who it was, but thanks for 
uh, responding to Berms. Should we wait question. till? Uh, are we ready to talk questions? Oh, I mean, it ties right to, into what we're doing. Well, okay. Well, I still wanted to talk about the loss at Benji Gosnell a little bit because we didn't really dive into yeah, that last this, week. Yeah, this has to do with this oh, as well. Oh, it does? Yeah. Sweet. It's time for questions. So brought to you by Buyer's Auto. Everything's brought to you by Buyer's Auto and Roosters, of course. Um, well, except for the show. Yeah. It's all Buyer's Auto. It's all Buyer's Auto all the time. Uh, Benji Gosnell decommits. Uh-huh. Jaheim Singletary decommits. Uh-huh. Quinn Ewers reclassifies to 2021. Uh-huh. Ohio State had as about as much momentum as you could possibly have in a recruiting uh-huh. class for uh-huh. 2022. Uh-huh. Is that momentum just... I, I mean, that, uh, that, the number that, one class in that, the country yeah, but, with but, the all-world quarterback okay, but prospect. did they have momentum? I mean, they, they've added, what, two commitments in the last six weeks. Penn State averaged, added like 18. So they haven't had a, a huge run of momentum, but it's also because it's on purpose. They're recruiting really, really good players that have options. And it's not the same. And uh, Addison Nichols is another one who just you know came off the board. He, he committed to Tennessee on on Monday. So like it's it's uh it, you have options when you're recruiting the the best players in the country. These are kids who aren't going to just jump. No offense to to anyone committed to Penn State. It's obviously a very good class, and it's getting better. They're going to be you see it already on Sunday or Saturday. They've swapped out a couple of commitments, like lost a couple, the decommitted. Like th- those kids aren't decommitting of their own volition. Like those are we've we've got some momentum, and we think we can do better than you types of decommitments. And so th- that happens regularly, unfortunately, in the business. But I, I don't know that they had a ton of momentum. I mean, they had a great class, and it's been the number one class in the country for a long time. But Every, they they took a calculated risk on having all these kids come in on June fourth, and so I think some of the stuff you know was is like now you now you build right you got all the offensive linemen the Ernest Green the Cam Dewberry situation where those kids are going to wait and they got really good options Zion Branch Xavier Wampa are are going to wait and they got really good options you who do you you no matter how big Ohio State's brand is. The kids right now have all of the power in recruiting. So if you're one of those top 100 kids or the kids that are choosing between Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Clemson, Georgia, like you have all the power. You, Ohio State isn't going to be able to stand up and say, okay, you either need to commit right now or hit the road because uh, they want those kids to commit. So the kids aren't. Yeah, and I guess that goes back to, to tight end. You know, Ohio State was set on tight end in 22, but also – you know, brought a lot of guys in at tight end in whether it was twenty two or twenty three. They saw a lot of guys that can play tight end. I mean, it, it's interesting. Do you go after a tight end now and maybe you know try to get some some movement going on the twenty two class? Yeah. With Zach a tight and I end. were talking about this the other day. Like, yeah, because this, this is now the third straight cycle where the plan is two tight ends. And that, that was like the first thing I had talked about when I first uh, first got on the beat is two tight ends in twenty, then twenty one, then finally get it in twenty twenty two, and now. Looks like they might be pushing that back to 2023. Yeah. So. It, it's interesting because you just, again, the roster changes. Now, the need for a second tight end in this class is alleviated by G. Scott moving and playing tight ends. So now you have some options. You have ways around it. You have other tight ends that you can recruit. But uh, as you know, there's a lot of them, again, already committed elsewhere. A lot of them are going to look at Ohio State's roster and go, okay, well, they have Sam Hart. They have Joe Royer. They have Cade Stover. They have G. Scott. They have uh, Bennett Christian coming in. Why do they need another one? Well, there, there's options. And, and just the, the world of college football is reclassifying. Everything is changing. So just you just don't know what's going to happen over the next couple months. And I think that unless there's a like 
really, really high-level tight end prospect that wants in this class of 2022, I think Ohio State stands pat. And I, I don't even think that Benji Cosnell knows if he's a tight end. I mean, he went to Clemson, and he's been recruited by Clemson as a linebacker. So uh, he went and visited Clemson the next day as a linebacker. So uh, what, what, where, you know, where's he going? So if you have a kid committed to your class at a certain position, and that kid isn't sure he wants to play that position, no, no offense to Cosnell because he's a great kid, great kid every time I've talked to him. Uh, maybe your class might be better off as opposed to having a kid who doesn't know what position he wants to play. Right, it would be the inverse of the Kate Stover going from tight, being converted from right. tight end to linebacker potentially down the road if he if he did wind up coming to Ohio State. Um, it, what's what's interesting to me is I know twelve personnel has been such a like we talk tight ends. I know it's not the most exciting, glamorous position uh, to talk about in recruiting or on the field, but I mean Ryan Day's clearly shown a philosophy where he wants to use that 12 personnel it's gone up from i think like two percent in 2017 to like 30 over 30 percent last year so i'm curious to see if that changes this year uh going forward or how if Cade and g if they get the necessary um development and and snaps this year if if we're gonna have to if they if they are gonna need to take two tight ends yeah. in twenty twenty three. Like, are we gonna be talking about this again? And in twenty sixteen, in twenty sixteen, Ohio State took three tight ends. It was Luke Farrell, J- uh, Jake Hausman, and Kier Hawkins. And Hawkins never played. The other two, you know, the thing that they have now is they have five tight ends um, that all do very different things. So, so there's Ruckert, who's a fairly complete player, and then you have other guys. Kate Silver does one thing really well. G. Scott does one thing really well. Joe Royer does one thing really well. And you're just hoping to find someone that can do all of it because that's what Luke Farrell did. But uh, we're talking about the roster too much and not about the recruits. And everyone loves recruits. But in maybe at, at no other position more so, the tight end is about the roster because you look at what's in front of them and then you they want two tight ends. And it's another one where you know Ohio State knows the roster better than I do, but... Why? Why do you want? Why two do t- they know the roster? Why do you, you? Why do you want two tight ends in the twenty-two class when you've got these guys? Maybe it's because you're not sure about a couple of them because they've moved positions, or you're not sure about their development track. But also, if you need a second tight end, I mean, the the transfer portal's there. You've got you can get find a proven guy, one year stopgap, then you go to the twenty-three and look for maybe a second tight end. There, there's options here, and so I don't think we need to get too hung up on tight ends very much, just because they have one. They've got multiple tight ends on the roster they're going to run these two tight end sets and become more known for their tight ends and so i think it's all going to work itself out but that's just me and i know we, we kind of spin zone the jaheem singletary decommitment into how it can kind of it can lead to aj harrison like you get to focus on uh, your top guys there more and uh, kind of sell them on that and i know you guys have talked a lot in the past about how they need five defensive linemen they need at least two more defensive backs in the 2022 cycle so i mean so Benji decommitting kind of opens that up the door for bringing in. It another. makes it easier. You got five. You said five defensive linemen they need in this class, and so where do those come from? And again, like you're talking about recruiting momentum, you're talking about players like Chris McClellan, like Omari Abor, Ian I White, and all these guys have a ton of options. Uh, you're going to see a, a defensive line shift here in the next couple of weeks. I think Kenneth Grant is going to make his decision in the next week or two, and I think that that's one that could go Ohio State's way. But it's not one that people are going to look at and go, oh, yes, we got Kenneth Grant, but you know, it's who Larry Johnson wants. And so you have to look at it and say, oh, well, uh, six foot five, 350-pound defensive lineman who runs a five-flat, like, oh, maybe there's a reason he impressive wants Impressive athlete. Very you know? impressive so you athlete. Just, we just keep figuring this out, and the class has obviously changed a lot. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about it before we came on the show, like, 
there are 14 commitments in that class now, and it was at like 18. 17 or 18. You know, and, and now it's just, at 14. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Just looks completely different. It's just a new, it's a completely new field of the class now, just in the past two or three days with everything that's happened. Yeah, so it is, it's going to be interesting how Ryan Day handles that in the next couple of weeks as they head into the season because traditionally Ryan Day's approach has been the season is for football, not recruiting. And so you're going to need to do some recruiting now. And all of the top targets on the defensive line, all, both of the top targets that you have left at safety, both of the targets you've had um, the really focused on on the offensive line have visited. Ernest Green has not taken his official visit yet. He'll do that on September 11th. But uh, the game is changing, and so Ryan Day is going to have to make some adjustments as to, to how he approaches the next seven or eight guys in the class of 2022. I wanted to look and see what are the questions we got from people today because I did say that we were going to take some questions, right? Uh, I think you did. Um, we only got six of them in the tweets because everyone. A lot of them are about Quinn. Everyone's too. worrying about other stuff like Quinn Ewers, yeah. who we're never talking about again on talking stuff. Brought to you, you by Promise Auto. No, not even in twenty-two quarterback. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Will Quinn Ewers start this audio. year? This is good. Yeah, this is great podcast. I don't think Quinn Ewers we're, will we're start great. this year. I do not um, think no. Quinn will start this year. Somebody asked if we're playing in or out today, so I guess we can. Let's just wrap up with a game of in and out because um, that's always fun. So Spencer, Zach. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna do the opposite of whatever you say. Oh, I love it. So I guess okay. Well, I'll ask you guys because you guys talk to these guys. You guys know more about them than I do. So let's. Uh, what do you know? Do you don't know anything about the Ohio State roster. You don't know anything about these guys. Twenty two or twenty three. He's here to be a buffer. Say, don't know how to say Achilles. Twenty two or twenty three. Oh man, I've never really had to choose between the numbers before. Oh wow. Uh, like, I'm gonna go with. Um, let's go with twenty two. I like twenty two better because I think that. Like, it's cool when numbers are the same back-to-back. Okay. Well, I, I was 22. I wore 22 in, in high school. Okay, so I'm going to go 22. Uh, okay, Chris McClellan. In. in. Uh, Kenneth Grant. In. In. In, wow, in. Okay, that's kind of surprising to me. Um, Kenyatta Jackson. Out. Out. Eni White. In. Out. Oh. Why? I, I, I don't. I, it's a, that's a gut feeling, honestly. I, I don't think... I don't think that it's ever a great idea to put too much stock into what a kid says on Twitter. Uh, but when Eni White tweeted during his Ohio State official visit about relationships over money, when I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying like other schools are offering him money. I'm saying that he realized that right now the best way to get long-term money is to play defensive end for Larry Johnson. And so that's why I'm saying. So his philosophy, yeah, if his philosophy hadn't changed, because I know he's uh, he's been pitched by I think every school to be an outside linebacker in a three four scheme. And yeah, I've only talked to him a very little amount. Yeah. He doesn't open up yeah. a lot, but like I just think that something happened in his mind when he got a chance to sit down and watch film with Larry Johnson and and see what Larry Johnson's about. That he realized that there's, there's a short term play in life and there's a long term play in life. And with name, image, and likeness. And the opportunity to be closer to home, you have an opportunity to take some advantage on the short term. But the real 
generational, life-changing money happens when you get drafted in the top three and Larry Johnson makes defensive ends into that. Okay. Um, Cam Dewberry. In. In. Um, Ernest Green. In. In. Okay. I. Um, is there anyone else that you feel like I should ask you about? Out. Uh, oh, uh, Xavier Wampa. In. And Zion Branch. Out. Wow. That's, there you yeah, have it. Long time. It's, All right. It's, it's changing. And again, I don't know that. It, as I wrote about um, last week, and when we were doing the the new the moving targets of version of of talking stuff that we talked about, um, I reserve the right to change that prediction based on how many games USC loses in September. Right. Because I just think that it's clear that kid has a, an affinity for the Trojans program. I think he ideal world wouldn't even be having doubts about going somewhere else. Um, but I think that there has to be a moment for a really smart kid and a really smart family um, to understand that this is a business decision, not a what team you grew up wearing on your back. Okay. I, I think that makes sense. When, so when USC loses to Fresno in September. Wow. I mean, you San Jose State, first. not Fresno, uh, San Jose State. You heard it here first. Even worse. Then At Spencer Holbrook is his Twitter handle, Trojans fans. All right. Sounds good. I got nothing else. You got anything else, Zach? How'd your first show go? I thought I killed it. I thought I thought it was just fantastic. What were you nervous feet about? Talk, what were you nervous talk. about? Uh, I don't know. You're just a very intimidating yeah, presence, true, and true, uh, true. I'm sort you of know, magnum, just kind of magnum. I don't know. The shadow, the shadow lurks over. What about you, Spence? How how do you think you did? Well, that's all right. Well, got a little. Got a little good, good rep, good show. Okay, so I'm, I'm very, I'm just very excited to be here and be Berm's minion for okay, the next, so let me for the next however long. Let me ask you this because Spencer said you wanted us to answer a rando question. So what's the random question? Maybe this should be the the perfect ending to every show. We can actually well, write a theme. That's song. what I. That's it's what I said. We do need to wrap it up. Ending. We do need to wrap if, it up though. If we were gonna do so, Ty Lockwood, he did his final four, and I, uh, in his final four video, he had the instrumental to New Level by Future. And ASAP Ferg and I texted him. and I said, "That's the coolest thing that that the coolest song I've ever seen." Never like, heard in, that song, but in it sounds the, great. In yeah. the uh, thing, so I asked him, or I told him that was my last last set song, and I was trying to get that instrumental as our theme song, which will never happen. But this is me trying to pitch that. This is me. Anyway, Ryan. that's a Taylor Swift song. Going in, going in. All right, your last set it's song at the gym. What, the what, which one ending. is it? Are you are you picking Taylor Swift? What do you mean? As a like gym, my last, uh, like the the song that gets that really needs to get you juice. Bring it back to the gym. Uh, no, no, no. Yes. Number one uh, would be the killers. All these things I've done that really gets you going. Love it. There, there's a part of that song where you just like pedal to the metal, man. Is like, it the Woody's uh, starts repeating the same thing? Well, that I've phrase, got soul, like but I'm not a soldier. Times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right towards the end of that is 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 the culmination. And you're like just taking. I was gonna say, and then you're just powering through the last mile of that run. But yeah, you don't you don't run. He only so walks. It's an aggressive walk. I unpopular. I don't listen to music when I work out. So. Oh my god. I don't. I listen to podcasts. You, and when are I'm you like your really, podcast? At no, the gym but, guy but when I'm no really headphones? when I'm like really struggling or just trying to to. Get through that that last little bit. I'll mute it, and I'm just with my thoughts. Okay, so oh, man. so that's the random question of the day, and the perfect ending to the show. Thanks everyone for watching. Please rate, review, subscribe. That's Zach Carpenter. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Head over to LettermanRoad.com for all your Buckeye needs. And again, stay with us as we transition the website uh, with On Three Sports. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see you on our message boards in the very near future. Thanks for watching.